Deer found her. As you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Deer Found Her podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. Before we get into today's conversation, I just want to say that if you like what you're hearing here on the podcast, I would so appreciate it if you could take out your phone, go to the podcast app and click that five-star rating or leave us a review to tell us what it is that you love so much. This helps others to discover the Dear Founder podcast and also the amazing founders and their stories that we share here twice a week. You have no idea how much it means to the show and we so appreciate you helping us out. So thank you. Today's episode is a continuation of last week's conversation about why your community is your brand's number one asset. But today we're going to talk about the actual steps that you can take right now in order to build your community. And then we're going to also share the steps that you can take to ensure that it is continuously growing until the end of time. As an entrepreneur, you're so busy running your business and you're often pulled in so many directions that you don't always know which levers to pull for growth. Oftentimes, this can lead to you being overwhelmed or frustrated. And it's important to share that a lot of entrepreneurs think that they need huge, deep pockets in order to actually market and grow their business. But I'm here to tell you that that is not the case. You can build a successful business on little to no budget, and I'm proof of that. Today's episode is part two of me sharing your number one asset to make that happen, and that's your community. The information I'm going to share here and that I shared last week comes from over two decades of me as a marketer and over a dozen years as an entrepreneur. I utilize this information to teach founders how to generate a marketing strategy through the same strategies and tactics that I used to found, grow, and scale a seven-figure business, a business that I eventually sold. We are going to discuss actionable tactics and things that you can do right now to utilize your number one free asset, which is your community. As I told you last week, I'm able to share this information based on experience. In 2010, with a $500 investment and a baby in my belly, I was pregnant with my first daughter. I founded my first company. Over the next 10 years, I grew that company, which was called Bump Club and Beyond, into the premier network for parents and parents-to-be. We garnered a reach of 3 million people per month. We partnered with some of the biggest brands in the world, including Target and Nordstrom and The Honest Company. Huggies, Ulta, the Microsoft Store, 7th Generation, and dozens upon dozens more. And we drove seven figures in revenue year over year for the last five years that I owned the business. And then in 2019, I led our acquisition 
to a large agency holding company. And last year I made the decision to exit because I wanted to help other female founders find success of their own. Through my new business, I've begun to build another community to support all of these female entrepreneurs. And we have some male entrepreneurs too. Only now I can look back on my prior experience. And because of that experience, I'm able to do it so much faster and with a more intentional purpose this time around. And as you heard me talk about last week, it really took some time to realize that I was building a community. And then it took me a little bit more time to realize that I was actually monetizing it. So now here we are, you know, a dozen years later, and it's a lot easier for me to see and identify the strategies and tactics that I utilized throughout those 10 to 12 years to make my business a success both before and after the the acquisition. I've helped over a dozen enterprise clients with strategies to build and monetize their communities over the last year, and I've also coached almost as many small business owners on the same principles. And again, the things that we're going to talk about today, these are the very same tactics that you know I use to help my clients that I talked about on last week's episode and that I'm constantly preaching over and over across all of my content. Last week, we talked all about community. I introduced you to the concept of community. I talked about why it's important and the five key ways that you can utilize your community to grow your business and bottom line. And if you haven't already, I would absolutely make sure that you listen to part one. But here's a quick Cliff Notes version in case you missed it or in case you don't have time right now. But I do recommend you listening to it. As we talked about last week, your community is your greatest asset. It is your number one asset from your business, and it is free. And your content is everything that people see about your brand. It's your social media, your live events, your interviews, your website, your emails, your partnerships, all of your publicity. Your content is your greatest marketing tool, and it should be reaching your community at every touchpoint with consistency. It's important that you show up and you serve your community through the content that you deliver. And like I said, that means everywhere, not just on social media. We also discussed last week that it's imperative that first and foremost, you know your story. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later on again in today's conversation. But it's imperative that you know your story and that you start sharing it everywhere and that you continue to share it everywhere. When you share your story and your why over and over and over with your community, eventually your community is going to start sharing it for you, which is just one of the many, many ways that your community drives growth for your business. And lastly, last week, we discussed five ways that you can utilize your community for business growth. We talked about asking them for feedback, creating a brand ambassador program, We talked about asking them point blank to share certain parts of your business to draw attention and awareness. We asked, we, we talked about you asking them for testimonials as well as you offering them a discount in exchange for doing something for your brand. And again, I would absolutely go back and listen to this episode because it expands on each of these in a much larger way. So today we're going to continue the conversation and we're going to address how you actually build your community. So we talked last week about how to utilize your community and how they can help build your your brand and your company. But today we're going to talk about how you actually build that community from the ground up. 
we're going to first discuss three organic tactics that you can utilize to ensure continued growth as you build your community today, tomorrow, 10 years from now. These are strategies that I used on day one of Bump Club and on day year 10 of Bump Club. And then I'm going to share with you five steps that you can take right now to start building your community today or to start growing it if you've already begun. And when I say today, I mean as in when you get off this podcast. So let's first talk about three organic and free strategies that you can implement in your marketing efforts in order to build your community. All three of these will not only help your community to grow, but they will also help you to drive more awareness than you can ever imagine. So here we go. Three strategies to build your community. Number one, partnerships. So you want to make a list of other brands, companies, et cetera, who can partner with you in a a way that makes sense, to be honest. You want it to make sense. You want them to share your target consumer but not compete with you. So I want to go back to when I started Bump Club because I think this is a really good example of how I utilized partnerships to grow Bump Club. So the first thing that I did when I started Bump Club was I reached out to a prenatal fitness class and I asked them if they wanted to host an event. I approached them with the notion of, and this was a class that I frequented, so I knew the owner, but I approached her with the notion of, if you host the class and share it with your community, I will share this event with the community that I'm starting to build, and I will bring people who are pregnant into your studio. And that was a demographic that she very much wanted to reach. So it really was a win-win, and and essentially, you know, we co-hosted an event. And then we started working with stores. We started working with maternity boutiques and baby gear boutiques. And again, with the same notion that I was going to share about our events taking place in their stores, and I was going to bring customers in if they shared it with their customers, what I was doing with Bump Club and beyond. And a lot of these partners not only were my partner on day one, they were still my partners when I left 10 years later. So you can see how partnerships can grow and evolve. And When you have good partnerships, people stick by you and they want to see you succeed just as you want to see them succeed. So again, we we started working with retailers. We were working with fitness studios. Then we started having speakers speak at our events. That's a partnership. When we had a speaker speak, they always shared it with their community. Then we started working with brands. And at first it was free. At first I brought in brands. I asked them if they wanted to do a giveaway or give or or a raffle, or whatever it was. I put their logo on our on our marketing materials. No one knew at the time that maybe some of them were free and maybe some of them weren't, but that's how you get started. That's how you start building relationships. And when people started seeing logos on my marketing collateral, other brands started reaching out and asking, well, how can I work with you? So you build upon the partnerships that you make in the beginning, if that makes sense. You know, and and eventually we had paid sponsors that were also sharing, even though they were paying us, they were sharing about their involvement with us, which led to even bigger partners and bigger speakers and bigger collaborations. And really and truly having partnerships is a ripple effect. At the end of the day, free partnerships could lead to sponsorships. And I want to point that out. And that's what happened with Bump Club and Beyond. But when you are just getting started. And I'm going to share with you in a little bit as well, 
we utilized free partnerships till 10 years into Bump Club. They're still using them today, even though they have paid sponsorships. So when you use a free partnership, everyone has to benefit. You need to create a program or an idea that you can execute together and you both have to benefit. It's really important that you walk into a partnership where everyone wins. So I talked a little bit about events and utilizing retail space um, and whatnot, but some other ways that you can collaborate with partners, um, aside from just events, you could do giveaways, you could do swaps with your email databases. You know, there are a lot of different ways that you can partner. I actually, in my classes that I've taught, have had so many students partner together. They each would contribute something to give away, and they would introduce each other essentially to their each other's communities, and they would give away a big prize. Sometimes they would collect email addresses. Sometimes they would just ask people to follow them. There's so many different ways that you can partner. You know, I could do 10 podcasts on partnerships, but this is kind of just a top line version of where to get started. So partnerships are the first way. And again, make that list of brands and other companies, big and small. You know, you want to shoot for pie in the sky, but also you want to talk, you know, you want to make a list of brands that you could utilize very easily, contacts that you might have, um, people that you can reach out to that you know that are in your orbit that could potentially partner with you or lead you to a partnership. So partnerships are the first way. Shared content is the second way. And this is in a, in a way a partnership, but it's a different kind of partnership. When you work with a partner to create meaningful content together, you both can share it. So it benefits both you and the partner because who doesn't want content? And in a content-rich world where we're all trying to share things with our communities, it is so hard to really create good content over and over and over again. But when you work with a partner, especially someone that complements what you're doing so nicely, it's really easy to create content together that both your community and theirs are open to, are open to receiving, will connect with, will engage with. So a couple of different ways that you can share and create meaningful content with partners. Um, One, you can create like profiles of each other. If you have a blog or a website or even just on social media, like I profile people all the time. I just introduced, um, I just introduced a feature that I've been doing on Wednesdays on my personal Instagram called woman to watch Wednesday. And, you know, part of this came from, I I was going through my camera roll one day and I have so many pictures with so many incredible founders and business owners and just amazing women from over the years. And I thought, what not, like, that's such an amazing way to share people that I admire so greatly and who I know and who I know when I share them on my Instagram, they're going to share it to their stories and say to their followers, Hey, look, Lindsay Pinchuk shared me today. You know, that's just kind of part of being social on social media. Um, So do profiles of people on your social media or on your website. Do lives together. I try to get as many of my podcast guests on live Instagram as possible. Um, When you go live on Instagram with a guest, it tells both of your followers. So you're really essentially sharing this live with someone else. Um, Going live on your own is great too, but when you go live with a guest, that doubles the impact because you're going live to two different sets of followers, two different communities. Interview each other. Interview people. 
you know, that goes back to similarly to social media profiles. But if you interview people and then you can use pieces of that interview in your content and tag each other, that's a great way to share meaningful content. Do takeovers on Instagram, you know, in the stories. I used to always at Bump Club have various moms take over our Instagram stories. Every Tuesday we did it. And it was such a great way to share a day in the life of members of our community and to see what other moms were doing. And that is not something that I've done yet with Dear Founder, but it's definitely not out of the question. Podcast interviews are a great way to create meaningful content. You know, um, I have guests on here all the time. They share the podcast with their communities. But another thing that I do with podcasts is I do pod swaps. So if I know someone who has a podcast and and it their community and their listeners potentially mirror mine, I'll go to them and say, hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast if you have me on yours. And that's a really great way to build a community. And then, of course, there's email swaps. This is something that I utilize a lot with my clients. I think it's a really great way to build up your database and to build up your followers when you partner with someone who has a very similar audience community following to you, and you personally introduce them to your community through your email, and they introduce you to their community through their email. It's definitely more effective than just sending out an e-blast. Guess what? I have two spots open on my coaching calendar starting October 1st. Many of you have asked me how you can work with me one-on-one to build your community through sustainable social media practices, partnerships and collaborations, email marketing, publicity, and more. Earlier this summer when I announced I was taking clients, the spots filled up in less than a week. But good news, my calendar is opening up and I'll be taking on two new clients later this fall. If you're interested, Simply grab 30 minutes from me through the link in the show notes and let's talk about how we can work together to build your community for bottom line growth. I can't wait to meet you. So we talked about shared content. We talked about partnerships. Again, these are two strategies that are really important that you implement, um, you know, into your day-to-day strategies when it comes to marketing your business and building your community. And then lastly, social media engagement. And we're going to talk about this. It's on my other list as well, but it's really that important. You have to show up regularly and share and interact with your community. When you put time into your content strategy and you deliver the same kind of content over and over and you drive through calls to action and you ask your community to take action in some way, shape, or form, you know, people start to recognize what it is that you do, what you're known for, why they're why they're following you and engaging with you. And it is so important that you not only show up as yourself, but that you show up as yourself and engage and converse because social media is a two-way street. And when you start engaging with your community, they will engage back with you and that will only lead to continual growth. So again, to recap, three strategies that are really important when it comes to building your community that really do not, like these are strategies that you want to implement and they stand the test of time are partnerships, shared content, and social media engagement. And something to keep in mind when you're growing your community, it's important that you're capturing as much of their their attention and information as you can. You know, through all of these examples that I shared, it's really important that you and your partners 
are, like I said two seconds ago, asking your communities to do something. You know, whether you're on a podcast, whether you're on a live, whether it's on social media, whether it's at a live event, it's really important to ask people who are there to follow you, to sign up for your newsletter, and ultimately to engage with you. It's okay if even on a social media post, there's not much left to say about, you know, with a, there's not much of a call to action per se, other than double tap if you agree or drop a comment below. The more you get your community conditioned to engage, the more they will engage with you. So I want to share an example before we kind of move on to the five steps that you can take right now. I want to share an example with you as to how I recently implemented all of these strategies that I just shared. And I and I shared them with you kind of with the example of Bump Club in mind, but I want to share them with you as to how I utilized all three of them to grow this community right here, the community that listens to Dear Founder and who follows me across all of my social media. See, it's funny because when I made the decision to exit my first company in the summer of 2021, I really kicked myself and I realized like, fuck, like I never cultivated my own personal Instagram. So I had an Instagram account. It's the one that so many of you follow. It's Lindsay Pinchuk. You know, I had this Instagram account, but I really just utilized it to screw around, to share pictures of my kids, to share, you know, the concerts I was going to when I was going out with my friends. But I really, I didn't have a strategy. I didn't share much about business. I didn't utilize it to create a personal brand. So I started to urge people on Bump Club to follow Lindsay Pinchuk when I knew that I was leaving. And, you know, at first it was really kind of only a trickle of people that jumped over. And like, that's fine. They saw me on Bump Club. They knew that I was sharing content on Bump Club, um, you know, and some of them followed me, but not all of them did. Obviously, Bump Club had like 70,000 followers at the time. But when I left, I had to make this very concerted effort to really work and grow my own brand because I had never done that before. So, well, yes, there was a residual trickle of my, you know, old community finding me after I left and and they did. Um, but at the time, you know, I had just under 5,000 followers on Instagram. And I'm really just talking about Instagram right now. I'm not talking about like my community at large. Um, but, you know, I had about 5,000 followers on Instagram. And since then, do the strategies above, I've more than doubled that. And so I want to share with you the examples that I've used from the partnerships, from the shared content and from the engagement in order to make this happen. So how did I do this? Well, number one, I started a podcast. Um, You're listening to it right here. And the podcast has a very intentional strategy behind it. Obviously, I want to help as many female founders and small business owners as possible. And I figured that the best way to do that was to bring my network onto this podcast to share their stories. Yes, you hear some of my stories infiltrated into each of the episodes. And yes, you hear sometimes a solo episode from me like this one very infrequently, but you definitely do have heard them a handful of times. But essentially, the podcast is driven by a partnership strategy. I have two founders a week that share their stories on this podcast, and I market the shit out of them. I mean, I share the content on all of my social media, on my website, 
you know, I share it really and truly everywhere. And I probably can and should be sharing it more. But because I'm a one-man band right now, um, that's hard because there's only so much time in the day. But I share it so much that I create enough assets that I have assets scheduled for all of my episodes six months from now so that people can go back and listen to old episodes. But when I share my episodes and I share my partner's stories, they share them too. And I will tell you, I don't even have to ask them. I have had, this is our, I think, 74th or 75th episode. I have had all but one founder on this podcast share their episode. And many share it repeatedly. And the ones who are the biggest and have the most following, truthfully, they share it the most. And it's, it, they're amazing. You know, the partners and the guests that I've had here are amazing partners and they're amazing social citizens. And, you know, that has really helped me to grow my thought leadership. It's really helped me to solidify a space in the world of entrepreneurship. And as a female founder, not just in the parenting realm, which is where I was known prior to this. So that was my first way is that I started a podcast. My second way is that I've partnered with other service providers to share each other's services. So um, I have a, a few graphic designers that I share with my clients, and those graphic designers share me and my marketing services with their clients. I also have a couple of video content people and a media trainer, and I have people that I share and they share me. And actually, I have a new client who is a media trainer and who prepares people for on-air interviews. And we're going to be doing some great work together. She shared me with one of her clients because they needed someone to help build community on social media. So it's really important that you partner with other people and you share each other across your content, not just, you know, word of mouth, which is great because often word of mouth leads to bottom line growth. But if you share each other within each other's communities, it not only helps to grow your bottom line, but it, you know, it lifts each other up and it's women supporting women. And, um, you know, it's just really being a good partner. The other thing that I've done, you know, I talked about how I started a podcast is that I've gone on many podcasts and I've interviewed with podcasts and I've shared my story on podcasts and I've shared it on some pretty big podcasts. Um, I did, admittedly, I did get some help when I started Dear Found Her. I knew that I could not do everything that I wanted to do. And so part of it was that I made an investment back into this company by hiring an agency, Scout Sobel, who was on this podcast. Um, she has an agency that specializes in podcast tours. And I hired them. And I think they got me on like 16 podcasts, maybe 15 or 16 podcasts. Some of them were very big. I was on Mommy's Tell All with Jade Roper and Carly Waddell from Bachelor Nation. I was on Christy's Couch with Christy Lukasiak from Dance Moms. I was on We Gotta Talk with Sunny Bada. You know, I was on um, Adam Kantos podcast, Start With a Win, some really great podcasts. And so Scout definitely helped me with that. But I will say that prior to me going on the podcast tour and invest, making that investment into my company, I reached out to podcasts on my own. I also have, I am on a podcast guest 
server called podcastguest.com. Um, I've been on that since COVID, since the quarantine. Truthfully, it's a very minimal out-of-pocket cost. I think I pay a few hundred dollars a year and I am in a database and I often get inquiries from people who want me on their podcast. And some of them are you know, big, some of them are small, but honest to God, being on any podcast, it doesn't matter how big or small it is, is great for you and for your brand. Because if someone has a podcast, they have a, a, a group, a community of dedicated listeners. And it's very rare that you get to share your story for 30, 45, 60 minutes with a group of attentive listeners. So You know, it's also great practice to be on podcasts, to share your story and to answer questions. And when you're on podcasts, you get content that you can then share, which is another big bonus. And it also helps you with your authority and credibility. So all of those different things that, you know, kind of factored into me going on a podcast and they all help to build my community because at the end of the day, I'm going on someone's show and they have a list, they have a group of listeners just like I do here, and they're sharing me with them. So um, another way that I have built the community here is I've done giveaways with female-founded brands. And when I do the giveaways, they often share. That's part of the, that's part of when I say to a a female-founded brand, I want to spotlight your brand. I want to share it. Um, Would you do a giveaway and would you share it? And so, you know, that is, that is a way that I lead with, um, you know, a meaningful ask because, of, like I said before, you want to make sure that when you are partnering with people that everyone wins. And I also have created some really meaningful content with female founders. And like I said, they share it. You know, I've done interviews on Instagram, like live interviews. I've done business profiles and profiles of female-founded businesses on social media and my website. Um, I have not done takeovers yet, but I do think that that could be something in the future for the Dear Founder account because I do have an, a separate account for the Dear Founder podcast. We've done female-founded gift guides. A gift guide is a great way to share content and to draw awareness to brands that you love. And oftentimes when you tag them, they will reshare it. So you might not, you know, if, if it's the biggest brand in the world, that's probably not going to happen. But if you pick attainable brands to partner with and um, and to share, even if it's not a true partnership, but you're sharing it out of like an edit from an editorial context, oftentimes they will share it too. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. 
And then last but not least is I show up consistently every single day here on the podcast, on my social media, on my website, you know, in other people's interviews and, and at events and speaking engagements. You know, I, I don't, I don't sugarcoat this show. I don't go through and cut the ums and the likes. And when, when you hear me talking to you both here solo and then with guests as well, I mean, you are really getting me. You are getting me unfiltered, unedited, and you are getting the true version of Lindsay Pinchuk. And when you do that and when you show up like that, people connect with you. It's inevitable. So, you know, I I wanted to share those examples with you because I think it's important that you see how I applied what I did with Bump Club and Beyond and applied it to Dear Founder and applied it to Lindsay Pinchuk Marketing and Consulting and what I'm building today because I've done it in about a year thus far. And the momentum that I have is far greater than where I was a year into Bump Club. And that's because I learned. I learned from that first experience. I know it works. I know it doesn't. And I'm here giving this information to you so that you can learn from my knowledge and my mistakes, save yourself a couple of years, and really start cultivating that community because that community is going to help you grow your bottom line. So between last week and today's conversation so far, you know, we now know your community can work for you and we know strategies to build a community. But I know that this can still seem a bit daunting, especially when you're first starting out to sit here and wrap your head around partnerships and shared content and all of that stuff. A lot of a lot of you want to know what you can do right now, like in this moment right now. And you can do a lot right now that can move the needle from here to here and really help you to start growing and cultivating a community without doing much. Yes, you have to invest some time. You do not have to invest much money. And that is, I think, something that is so important to note. The community that you build is free. And you just need to know how to utilize it. And I don't want to say take advantage because you don't take advantage of your community. Your community is something that you need to protect and really hold close to the vest. But you need to know how to utilize your community for growth. And when they subscribe to you, they will help you. So let's talk about five actionable steps that you can take right now to start building and growing your community when you walk out of this room, when you turn off this podcast when you start to whatever you're doing with your day to day. These are things that you can do right now. And quite honestly, each of them, you know, only takes an hour or so. So the first thing is that you want to write down your story. And we talked about this last week. I mentioned it earlier in this episode, but it's so important. Write down your story, type it out in word. Who are you? What do you do? How do you do it and why? It is so important that you know and share your why. And I always tell my clients to write out three versions of your story. You want a one-sentence elevator pitch. You want a four- to five-sentence version. And then you want a one- to two-paragraph version. Not only can you repurpose these versions through your content, you know, through your email, through your website, your social media, introductions of you on podcasts at events, etc., but you can and should have them written down 
and you should be sharing them over and over and over again. So when you write down your story in the manner which I just outlined, you can use that content and repurpose it on your website, in an email, on social media. And in fact, at the end of last week's podcast episode, I challenged all of you guys to find a picture and share your story on social media. If you haven't done it, I highly recommend that you do. In my classes, when I have my students go through this exercise, they often tell me that these are the posts that garner the top engagement numbers from their communities, even before they start building, really building their communities. And I will say, I know that is, I know that for certain because when I share my story and when I share personal pictures and when I let people in on social media, I get the most response and you will too. Check out my introduction post from September 1st. This was this is something that you should be doing time and time again because the more you share your story, the more likely your community is to share it for you. So the first thing, like I said, write down your story. The second thing, commit to two social media platforms and commit to repurposing your content across each of them. So unless you're a content creator, you don't need to embrace all the platforms immediately. You need to know and understand which platforms perform best in, for your business, for your services, for your community, for the people that you're trying to reach. I have a lot of information on this. You can go to my social media challenge, which is a free seven-hour course on my website, and you can take it. And one of the modules is all about the different forms of social media and how to use each of them and what each of them is best for. So it's a really great resource for you to check out. But commit to two platforms. By having two platforms, you can start to see what works and how it works on each of those platforms. Master these two. Share content back and forth. And before, before you add something else, make sure you've got these two down pat And then it makes adding another platform a little bit easier, and then you can start repurposing the content to that platform as well. Number three is you want to set up an email list. I cannot stress this enough. This can be a whole podcast on its own in its entirety, and if it's something that you'd like, please shoot me a DM or make a comment in the reviews or let me know because I think that that should be a podcast episode that I share. But your email list is something you own. When I left Bump Club and Beyond, I had 130,000 emails. And that was a very large asset that this company bought from me when they purchased my company. Um, Your email is something that you own. It is not owned by Meta. It is not owned by TikTok. And I will tell you, my Instagram was hacked earlier this year. I was devastated. I did get it back, but I was literally curled up in a fetal position in my bed, crying and nearly throwing up because I thought my business was over. I had yet to really put a lot of emphasis on my email list here for Lindsay Pinchuk, for Dear Founder. And now it's something that I'm starting to do much more. I'm putting more emphasis on it and I'm really making it a priority because you own your email list. So My favorite email service provider, and you need to get an email service provider, what that is, is it is a software or an application that you set up and essentially it provides you links that you can share out. 
It provides you forms to get people's information and to capture their email addresses. And it houses all your emails. And then it also provides you with the tool to send out email newsletters and other emails to your database. So it's basically it houses your email database and it allows you to send out emails to them. My favorite email service provider is Flowdesk. And I've used a bunch. I used MailChimp and um, I used MailChimp and Constant Contact at Bump Club. And I never really loved MailChimp. That was the one we used the most often. I didn't love it. I felt that it was really hard to use and that we needed a third party to really use it properly. And I do think that we actually missed the boat in a great way um, because we didn't know how to use it right. So um, I love Flowdesk. I think it's easy. My emails are easy to put together. The templates are beautiful. Another one that you can use is MailerLite. MailerLite is actually free up to 1,000 contacts. Um, And Flowdesk, I'm going to put an affiliate link in the show notes. You can use it or not, but you can save 50% if you do. Um, So set up that email list. And if you want me to do a podcast on how to get people on the email list, we can absolutely do that too. And I also just shared recently some tips about your email list on um, an amazing new podcast called Mom's Exit Interview with Kim Ritberg, who's going to be on Dear Found Her the first the first full week of September. And um, I shared a lot of tips on her podcast recently as well about how to grow your email list. So the fourth thing that I want you to do and that you can do right now, and this actually takes 10 minutes, you need to set a cadence and you need to stick to it. So a cadence is how often are you going to post on each platform? How often are you going to share things? It is so important that you can say to yourself, and it's really what your bandwidth allows, right? So like if you can only share three times a week on Instagram, then only share three times a week, but make sure you share three times a week. So, you know, it's very important that you are showing up consistently. The worst thing that you could do is overload yourself, you know, pressure yourself to share one to two times a day and then not share at all you know, for a week or two at a time. You need to show up consistently. And then the last thing, and this was part of part of the tactics and strategies that I shared with you at the top of today's episode, is you need to start engaging. And you can start engaging right now. There is an engagement checklist that's posted in the show notes of this episode. You can download it. And these are things that you can be doing every day, every week, in order to start a two-way conversation. Things like liking and commenting, setting saved replies up in your Instagram. That's a feature that they have that you can type out a reply and you save it. And then when you want to use that reply in a DM, all you have to do is type the first word and it will shoot out the whole paragraph to someone. It's a real big time saver. But so there's a lot of different ways that you can engage and shortcuts for engaging. And some of them are on this checklist. A lot of them are on this checklist. Again, the link is in the show notes and you can grab it. So like I said, there's a lot of information here. I just shared a ton of stuff with you. Grab that free engagement checklist so that you can take what you learned today and start applying it now. Showing up and engaging on social media is really and truly the easiest and first thing that you should be doing to start building your community. Once you really start working your community, you will see an almost immediate change. You'll see a change in the engagement numbers, the interactions, and the growth on your platforms. 
A client told me this week that just after a few weeks of showing up and sharing her story and sharing on her social media what it is that she actually does for clients, she's already seen positive feedback from friends, from family, and from potential clients. Her engagement and reach numbers on Instagram are in the green, and she is really just showing up and she's really capitalizing on all of these tips that I shared here with you for her own business. It works. I promise you it works. Ultimately, when you take a meaningful approach to building your community versus just posting every day just to post and get something out there, you will start seeing bottom line growth as well. And when I say take a meaningful approach, that is another whole conversation. And if you follow me on Instagram, I talk a lot about creating meaningful content and how to do that for your community. And that is something that you want to keep in mind. There has to be a purpose to each and every post that you put out there. And that is something that I'm really set on. You don't want to post something just to post. Numbers don't lie. You want to use the insights on your digital platforms, whether it's your website and Google Analytics or whether it's the insights in Instagram. Check those regularly because they tell you what works and what doesn't. And you can modify accordingly based on the insights that you're seeing. So start with these five action steps that I just shared with you, the five steps that I left with you at the end of this show. Start with them right now. Once you're doing them regularly, you can then set your sights on the more organic strategies that we discussed, which are designed to bring long-term growth to your community. Start making lists of possible partners and people you want to collaborate with, and then you can start reaching out. Tap into your network and even your community as it grows, because you would be shocked probably at how many viable partners can help you grow that are sitting right in your community in front of you. I didn't stop cultivating my first company's community ever. Never. No matter who we worked with or how big we got, my community was and is always my first priority. I continue to use the growth tactics here, partnerships, shared content, engagement, to propel the growth of my brand. And without fail, I never compromised or sacrificed for the sake of the community. And that is something that is very important. And that was something that my community always knew. And I will tell you, When you make a decision that benefits you in the short term, but it compromises your trust and integrity with your community, it is very hard to gain that trust and integrity back. So keep that in mind as you're putting yourself out there, as you're making business decisions. Even after I completed my exit to this day, I still get DMs and messages from people saying that the community isn't the same without me or since I left. You don't want to underestimate the power of your community as well as the power you have among the community you build. When you show up for them, they will continuously and forever show up for you too. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to today's episode of Dear Founder and for listening to part one, which aired last week. As I'm sure you can tell by listening today, community is everything to me. And the communities that you surround yourself with, both personally and professionally, and your brand, they are going to lift you up. They are going to make you successful. 
I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it multiple times with multiple clients, not just on my own. And I know it's possible. I also know it's possible for you to market and really blow out a business with little to no budget, simply by utilizing and tapping into your community. So instead of sharing today's takeaways today, I'm going to be emailing them to you. I'm going to email a list of the three tactics and strategies that I shared here, as well as the five actionable tips that you can do now. But all you have to do is click the link in my show notes and sign up for my newsletter, The Founder Files, and you'll have those in your inbox by tomorrow morning. If you like what you're hearing here on Dear Founder, please make sure you take out that phone, like I said at the top of today's episode, scroll all the way down and click that five-star rating or leave a review so that others can find us. We have some incredible guests coming up. You're also going to want to make sure that you subscribe to Dear Founder on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever it is that you listen. If you know someone who wants to start their own business or who started their own business, you need to tell them to listen to this episode because community is everything. And it is so important that founders and small business owners see the importance of the community that they're building and how they can utilize it to grow bottom line success. It's so simple. Once the principles are put into place, I cannot even tell you. So please text this episode to your friends who own their own businesses or share it on your Instagram and tag me. I will reshare those to say thank you. Thank you again so much for being here. Please stay tuned for another episode of Dear Found Her coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday. 